we always sought warm intro. So we, I don't think we ever tried to get a cold intro. I think that with the power of LinkedIn and networks these days, like you, you'll probably be able to find someone who can connect you to the person you're trying to talk to. Um, we also definitely try to look for more senior partnership and not uh, associate or, or junior level where we could. The on deck and like, you know, information sharing strategy. One thing we did, I have no idea if it's, it was helpful at all, but we personalized the deck, like the first slide of each deck um, to who we were sending it to. Uh, so we just used Google slides. We didn't use DocSend or anything fancy, but we personalized it with their name. So we would just be like, hey, Adam, um, on, the, on the actual title slide of the deck. And that it was, got called out and mentioned a few times, like, oh, that was cute. Or that's like a nice like little touch. I have zero clue that actually would have impacted it, but it was just something that like, it took us 0.2 seconds of effort to just go in and change a little text and create a new copy and send it out to each person. Um, some advice that we got that was, that we didn't always follow, but some of the time we did was kind of having three different versions of the deck. The first is like a teaser deck that like, you would actually send, we would actually send to uh, someone we knew that they would send along just to even get the intro of like, will this person opt in for the intro? Because double opt-in intros are like basically the norm these days that we wanted to get someone excited enough that like, okay, they want to take a call with us, but not like, you know, you're not just sending them your long form deck. They're not going to read through all of it. And so just get them excited, get give them a teaser of what you're doing um, and why it's worth 15, 30 minutes, an hour of their time. The second is actually the deck that we would actually present with, which had much less, um, text, right? It was a much more just like visual base and rough points that like, hey, if you just need the headlines, like you get the story here, but a lot of the color is coming through our words. And then the last is actually that long form deck of, and we would not send that out until we actually had a meeting with someone, at least until we walked through it and talked with them. But it's primarily for the purpose of like, they can share it internally with their partnership, uh, with other people who are in their decision-making um, or who are of the stakeholders in that decision-making process. And that's because we wanted to make sure that the story came from us first. Like we got to control the narrative as much as possible rather than having the deck being the full proper deck being sent out prior to a conversation with us. So that's how we, if we did every, I mean, the synopsis of our process was we probably had 70 conversations, 70 different uh, conversations. And I think of that, that, those resulted in, I think maybe around 20 to 30 actual meetings uh, with VCs. Okay. We get the, we get the, either in person. So we fundraised actually in February through March of 2020. So right as COVID happened. So half our fundraise happened in person. And then the back half after we signed term sheets and closed was all virtual. We were all kind of in full shutdown mode uh, at the end of March. And we had about 20 to 30 meetings. I think I can like look through the, the little tracker that we had. And we did the road show out in SF because we were based in Boston at the time. Now we're in Austin. And I think like 95% said no for one reason or the other. And, and that's just kind of how it goes, right? Like you'll just get a bunch of no's. Some ghosted completely. Some were like super enthusiastic and then just like, like oh yeah, let's get this movie set on the books. Never sends a calendar, right? Or sends a calendar, right? And doesn't even show up to it. Um, there's some pretty insane things that happen when you uh, go through these meetings, but the process we tried to follow as much as possible. is like short teaser deck, get them interested, have a meeting with them, run through the deck, send them the long form deck so that they can share and, and dig deeper if they want. This is so helpful. So we're, you're talking about three decks that you created. Yeah, honestly, we would start. So how we created them, we start with the middle deck. It's like, at least the way that my co-founder John and I work is that 
we build off each other, feed off each other. So we would just put like the visuals of like, what are the, what are our kind of the framework of the bullet points to guide us through the conversation, do that. And then the long form deck is basically taking every single word, like we re- recorded a thing about what we're, us pitching, taking every word and transcribing it and then cutting the filler or cutting the fluff and just putting molar text on each of the slides. And the short form deck is actually just rip everything out except for the most essential, like the most hooky stuff, right? Like the very beginning, like what's going to get someone really hooked into this and immediately met. And we met with, we had a lot of just like great, like advisors, supporters that would do pitch deck reviews with us. And um, that was fantastic before we even started kind of the roadshow. That's incredible. And uh, tell me, I don't want to, I don't want to overlook that step because I think sometimes we're practicing on the VC and that's like the worst thing you could do. So help yeah. me with how, how many people did you, did you kind of bullet test your, uh, deck with before um we only bullet tested like non-vcs with like two or three but we did multiple rounds with each of those person uh, each of those people um they were people who had previously worked in vc who are now in operating role so they had that background where they they understood the founder side of the story but they also understood how vcs evaluate things at the partnership at the associate principal partnership level like what like basically if you do start at the bottom of the food chain like what do you need for you to keep working your way up and then if you do get to go up what is the process there? How do you get someone? And depending on the type of partnership, if they can just individually make the decision or do they do have to get their whole partnership on board and, and do more of a convincing and you have to come in for like that, that full big on partner meeting. Absolutely. I mean, this is incredible. I know we're, we're, we're past our time here, but like if someone wants to reach out to you, they're, they're a fast growing startup. They're looking to raise money. They're really good at operating, but they just like, don't like playing the game of fundraising is, is what's the best way to, to reach out to you, maybe to get a couple points of advice. To me personally, just, yeah, like I, I would say email me. I'm happy to take time to just like hear your pitch, but, or just send over a loom pitch or any recorded pitch could be the whole pitch could be the beginning, depending on what you're trying to test. Like, are you trying to test the growth narrative, the team narrative, the, the problem, the TAM, whatever it is, that narrative, you can send any portion over. And I think that that's like asynchronously is great for if the time zones don't work out, but sync can also be super helpful um, to go through things. That's awesome. And tell me, tell me about your company I, that before you end, tell me about the, the amount that you were able to close or just any highlights from the success of that fundraising. I mean, what yeah. So about? in total, we've raised $4.8 million. And then the round that I'm talking about that we closed right at the beginning of COVID was $4.3 million. Round. And we raised that from, and this was another kind of story about how we got all these people together, but we raised that from first mark general catalyst and underscore VC. So three big VCs underscore was actually the, the, VC, uh, we had the long-standing relationship with. They actually led our pre-seed round um, about six months prior to that of a 500k pre-seed round. Congratulations! I, I love this. The, my biggest takeaway right now is that you raised from General Catalyst and those other great investors, and you also still got turned down 95% of the time. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think that like if uh, Sequoia turns you down, that doesn't mean that you know another top tier VC is going to uh, not invest. And also if like all the, the you know, you, newer, younger tier two, tier three VCs turn you down, doesn't mean a tier one's not going to jump at it. I think that there is undeniably a lot of wait for the first domino to fall, FOMO, kind of collective high mentality on these funding raises, but you never know where you're going to have that champion, whether they're at a large, well-known established fund, a solo GP that could anchor with big checks. Um, but you just need one of those people to bite. And I think the rest comes together very quickly. And I think that's like pretty cut and dry, like um, 
Stone Age level knowledge when it comes to raising VC. So uh, Macro is a Zoom interface that's purely built to make meetings more human, more personal, and more fun. We feel like we believe that video is like the most intimate way that we meet and connect with each other, uh, but the software is like very corporate and not personalized. And so we're in the business of making the interface all about you and how you want it to look and customized for you and, and more personal and also more human and embracing the uniqueness and individuality and the different ways that we all express ourselves. And so the best part is we build on top of Zoom. And so you can join any Zoom meeting with Macro. You're in Macro, you get those that personalized custom interface and everyone else can be on Zoom. That is exciting. And I, it was fun trying it out because it was my, my biggest takeaway from it was like in a, in a group meeting, being able to see the percentage of time that someone talked and being able yep. to kind of interact with them, encourage them to, to have that. So we have like a, a communal discussion and it, it, it just, I don't know, for me, it, it, it felt like we we're kind of breaking free of just like yeah. the, the, I, I know you said this on your website, breaking free of the boxes, but it just, it's more of a relaxed, like conversational, like uh, communal, like engagement, like kind of thing instead of like a, a forced it's like ibm versus apple if you ask me back in the day <laughs> no we love, we'll put that on our marketing site <laughs> love that. but so good man thank you so much I, I i'll anyone who's interested just like i'll make sure to have the link to to sign up for your beta list right now like if we can't you're it's you're screening everyone before they join is that right Right now, there's no actually even screening criteria. We're kind of just staging as we're building up server infrastructure to handle more and more like concurrent connections of our, our client. And um, the waitlist is like slowly, like every week we release more people off the waitlist and we're actually planning to publicly launch in about a month or so now. And at that point, there will be no waitlist. We're trying to get through the waitlist as fast as possible. We're not gating it for any exclusivity reasons, more just like technically as we want to make sure it's like the most reliable because video is so critical to our day-to-day -day now. So good. I know the reliability. It's like, you, you don't understand it until it doesn't work. So like, yeah. you, I love how you're so like dedicated to that. Cause you just look like you can't play with that. I'm glad that y'all care. Exactly. <laughs> I can tell you exactly. Yeah. Well, we learned from our first launch, like in July of 2020, like we've been building pre COVID wanted to launch and we launched without ever really testing the scalability of the product. And, you know, got thousands of people day of trying to join and it became a little buggy and slow and with video and being on time to meetings and needing audio video to be synchronous and at low latency, uh, that's a non-starter. So the, the quality bar, the quality threshold is extremely high with synchronous mm -hmm. collaboration tools because it's not only that it doesn't work for you, but you know, you're leaving or joining or crashing um, in a meeting with other people who are also there and experiencing, maybe not that themselves, but they're, you're going through that circle, right? So we want to make sure that we have that you have your, the user trust and the confidence in macro and then everything we do on top is, is the cake. Boom. All of it. Thank you.